The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You are listening to Rewritten with Cynthia Ocelli. Our topic today, living in a world overflowing with loss and grief. Hi friends, welcome. I'm so happy to be here with you today. I get this kind of urge to connect and this passion about reaching out when things become difficult in people's lives locally and around the world. It's an odd thing because so many other people I think see all of the things going wrong in the world and feel because we can't help but feel it all of the energy of upset, and it can be immobilizing. Somehow, I have this inner fire that calls me to my feet to reach out to others and share some things that I know make a difference. So that's kind of what I want to do in this show today. I'm excited you're here. I'm excited to do this. The last time I really felt this call to do this was when the pandemic hit and everybody was, you know, frozen like deer in headlights and didn't know what to do. And everybody was washing their, their fruit and it was panic and chaos. And I just knew that there are timeless principles because life, this is what happens in life. One way or another, on the micro or the macro, we must be able to navigate the challenges that are inevitable as human beings. Before I do that, I want to tell you that we are rounding out 2023. And in the next shows, in the end of November through December, beginning of the year, I will again, as I always do, do my end of year panning for gold in the past departing year, sort of reassessing everything that happened this year, getting the good out of it, letting the past go, setting your intentions, not, what are they called? Resolutions. <laughs> Resolutions just don't work. Um, and I can't even remember what they're called because they're that uh, ins- insubstantial to me. But setting your intentions and creating a vision for your best self in the future that does work. And if you haven't done this process with me before, we move through it and we move through it at a pace that's workable 
We don't try to check all the boxes so that January 1, there you are, ready for the new year. It just doesn't work that way. We will slowly move through, grab the gold, release everything that doesn't serve you, everything that needs to go, and set intentions for your greatest expression in 2024 and beyond, and take consistent, small, positive, methodical action to actually bring those intentions to life. We will do that process in January, and the new year in in this process for me is always the Chinese New Year, because it is after the holidays and the celebrations and the pressure and the uh, white-knuckled resolutions that aren't going to work because 96% of them fail. So I invite you to do that. Get on my list. Go to CynthiaOcelli.com. Sign up anywhere. You'll be added to my list. And I send out meditation, uh, different uh, worksheets, different conversations to get us through the end of the year in the most rejuvenating and wisdom-gathering way. And I love this process. I do it for myself. I did it for myself for years privately. And then I brought it to my community and everyone really uh, got a lot out of it. So I'd like to share that. Some other things I'm thinking about. I'm excited. I have spent, uh, let's see, I actually committed and started writing my book one of my memoir series, a five book series. I started writing it in 2020. In June is when I really started writing it. And that coincided perfectly with a terrible breakup. (laughs) And I was feeling terrible that year. And then a whole bunch of things, you know, life happened. And this is kind of going to parallel what I want to talk to you about today. Terrible things happened. Challenging things happened. My heart was broken. I decided to move. Uh, I went out of state. My uh, daughter moved out of state. My son had a challenge. This year, my daughter for 10 months had a health scare that involved test after test and visit after visit and trip after trip. And blessedly, so blessedly, uh, it turned out to be nothing. But it took us nine months to get here. And so All of these things, all of these pressures, all of these very unsettling, life-changing and scary for me events were happening and I still needed to write this book because that's part of my life purpose, part of my intention. I wanted to give my story because my story is uh, a story of essentially challenge after challenge after challenge while Somehow, I was fortunate enough to figure out that if I set an intention and kept moving toward it, that I would get there somehow and no matter what. I just finished my first draft of that book last Friday. And it is, you know, here we are 73,000 words later. If you are a writer, if you aspire to be a writer, you know how daunting it is. And I just want to dispel some of the uh, ideas that people are uh, lucky people. There are people who are born writers and they just love it. And that's their space that they 
blossom and become everything that they ever wanted to be, you know, at the desk, behind the keyboard. That is not me. Uh, There's a chapter in my book, actually, about being, uh, I call it all baby. And I am not one of those women who glowed while pregnant and loved every minute of it. And it just looked great on me. No, I grew in places I didn't know could grow. My nose got fat. I did not look wonderful and beautiful and glowing while I was pregnant. I enjoyed some parts of it. I really did not enjoy other parts of it. And it left me with this whole other body that I had to work really hard to return to some semblance of the body that I came into it with. That's the kind of writer I am. I effort. I struggle. I loathe it. And sometimes there are some nice parts that I like. So for me, having this uh, milestone of, you know, three years later, well, my world has changed many times in those three years and being able to actually put a final word on a first draft. I mean, let's not get too, too far ahead of ourselves here. I still have a whole bunch of work to do. But I want to tell you that when you get to the end of a goal that you have struggled with, something that's hard won for you, there are treasures in the completion. So whether it's writing or expressing your art or making a career change or leaving a toxic situation, anything that you know you must do, I want you to know that just the act of acting and finishing is transformative and it adds so much to your inner fortitude and sense of confidence. So I'm here to push you. What is it? What is it that you need to work on that you know because this is for you and you're not doing it. It's time. It's worth it. It doesn't matter what's happening around you. You still need to carve out time, even 15 minutes a day, that's 91 hours a year to work on the things that are important to your soul, to your life purpose. All right? Okay. I'm excited. I, if you have something and this moved you, write to me and tell me because I love to hear those stories. This has been a great week for uh, communication. I am not a big astrology person, but I have a lot of people around me who really study it and really know. And from what I understand, Saturn has been retrograde four months and then it went stationary, you know, right before it turns direct. And now it is direct and things can happen and solutions can come and things can work out better. I am definitely feeling that. And I had a friend give me a reading with an astrologer who I just think is amazing. His name is Gal Sasson and uh, you can find him on Instagram. I think he's Cosmic Navigator. And so I talked with him and he gave me this whole read of my life and my chart and I was kind of stunned because he said a lot of things that really, really resonated. And one of the things he said, which I wanted to point out in this show and share with you so you can look at it in your own life, he said that I had the Phoenix energy, that I was here to transform myself and others, and that I needed to guard against what he called zombie situations, zombie relationships, zombie houses, zombie careers. That meant half alive. 
And he said, because if you tolerate things that are half alive, they'll block you from having the most wonderful outcomes and the greatest achievements, expressions, and happiness. I need to go ahead and allow myself to drop to the bottom and burn so that I could rise as the phoenix to greater um, outcomes and situations. That's very, very true for me. Both of those things are true, that when I go through the dark night, when I go through the crisis, I'm in it. I'm in it totally. I come undone, <laughs> like my quote, and then invariably, inevitably, I rise. And where I rise to is always so much better. I believe that all of us can benefit from this regardless of our astrological positioning. Zombie, zombie situations in our lives. Half relationships. They're not really good, but we don't have anything else. We are worth having fulfilled, full, whole lives. So in this show, I want to talk about how it seems in the world and in many personal lives locally, there is tremendous burning and pain and stress and sadness and anger and fear. On a world stage, I mean, everywhere you look, there's something scary happening. There are lives and people suffering tremendously. And our media reports what it, what it does. And then there are so many places that don't get any media coverage that have terror in them as well. And I never want to, I'm not a political person uh, by choice. I have a law degree. I had an opportunity to become a political person. I do not like division. Same reason I'm not a practicing litigator. What I'm for is peace and safety and healing and protection and an end to suffering. I am for that for anybody. And this year, when you look across the world, it's, it's challenging. And for many of us inside our lives, this includes me, it's been challenging at home, challenging in our literal house, life. Life is full of, sometimes it just seems like downs. The beautiful thing about that is sunrise follows darkness. The more downs you have, the more likely things are going to change. because That's the one guarantee of life. The one thing that we know absolutely for sure is that life and change are synonymous. So I want to talk to you today about dealing with the grief, the energetic contagion of grief that is around us all the time right now and heightened. Grief, fear, stress, sadness, loss. Energy is contagious. And if you don't believe that or know that, go to a concert, a playground, cancer ward, a cemetery. We take on the feeling tone in our environment. 
And it doesn't matter what our opinions are. We are immersed in the collective energies. And they are contagious. So they exert a pressure on us. And that's exacerbated by the losses or the challenges that we're facing in our immediate space. It's very grief-inducing. And it is a waste of our time to be resistant because resistance is actually just depleting. It is not succeeding. You don't reduce anything by resisting it. You just deplete your energy until you are tired of resisting it and then it comes anyway. So what we need to do is be able to coexist with grief and all of these negative or sad, heavy feelings. We need to allow them, recognize them, and enact mental processes and take active steps in our daily lives to keep ourselves healthy, strong, and moving forward. We need to stay connected to our soul intentions, our deeper purpose, our greatest values. What we cannot do, and what I see many people do, and they did this in the pandemic and in the uh, Boston Marathon bombings and in, it, depending on you know, what their family of origin, uh, nationalities and races are in the Ukraine war. And that is glue themselves to television and or radio and watch or listen to media all day long. That ha- is known to create a downward pressure, to discourage, to raise anxiety, raise stress, and stop you from taking care of yourself and succeeding in your life. I just looked it up. I looked up the media's role in broadcasting acute stress following the Boston Marathon bombings. And it was a study done by UCLA. And here's the outcome. Six or more daily hours of bombing-related media exposure in the week after the bombing was associated with higher acute stress than direct exposure to the bombings. So unpack that. What does that mean? That means that when you sit and watch or listen to media about traumatic events for six hours or more, and that doesn't mean that it could have been five hours or four hours, as this is the number that they tested, for six hours, the acute stress response was higher than it was for the people who were actually there, directly exposed to the bombings. Repeatedly engaging with trauma-related media content for several hours daily, shortly after collective trauma, prolongs acute stress experiences, and promotes substantial stress-related symptomology. So if you remember nothing else about this, just know that mass media spreads negative consequences of community trauma beyond the directly affected community. The more you indulge and engage in trauma-related mass media, the more you are 
internalizing and creating a stress response in your mind and your body. This is not without consequence. What happens is you kick off a cascade of stress hormones in your body. So your cortisol is rising. Your adrenaline is rising. You also deplete yourself of your life force and your energy. You are now immobilized and drained from within. So let's back up and get some altitude over the world. Let's say that bad things are happening in the world. There is an abundance of negativity in the world. What do we need most? We need positivity. We need love. We need compassion. We need to care for others. We need to have an impact where we can. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Having an impact where we can is the crux of the whole thing. Can you impact the things that are happening across the world that are upsetting you? Maybe. How? Perhaps that is protesting, sending money to verified uh, causes that are helping. Maybe that is activism, getting involved. It's writing letters. Maybe it's uh, supporting in some way that has a direct impact over there. Beyond that, your fixation or indulgence in media helps no one. And what it does do is stop you from making your life and the lives around you better because you are imprisoned by your own stress response. So when we back up and we get some altitude and we realize that it is smart, and better for the planet, for us to stay centered, to do what we can and then stop taking in that mass media and start investing in our lives and the lives of those around us. From a global perspective, that is what brings more positivity to the world. Otherwise, you are victimized by the the upset by the event that is upsetting you. I know that a lot of people feel that feeling bad and staying close to every single event in the news that you have zero ability to impact means that you are standing in solidarity. You can better stand in solidarity by taking a positive action to impact the thing that's upsetting you, and then taking excellent care of yourself 
and making your life today and your future better so that you can continue to take actions that benefit the thing that is upsetting you. Making this perspective shift is vital. It's important that you're able to see that it is actually more helpful to invest good in yourself, your local world, and it allows you to have an impact on the thing that's upsetting you. Loss and grief seem like evil things that are bent on our destruction. Reframing it, rewriting it, re-perceiving it shows you that they are clarifying guides that can help guide you to your greatest expression. I sent an email out this week and I was listing some of the things that loss and grief help people with. And I am not imagining this or, you know, being Pollyanna. These are the things that I have experienced with the right approach to grief, the right perspective. And my clients, friends, I've seen this in, in people who predate my lifetime. Uh, pretty, pretty timeless concepts in my view. Loss and grief help you learn what matters to you and what wastes your time. Life is precious. The impact of grief, if you allow it, is to let you know what's valuable, what's a good use of your time, your effort, your energy, and what isn't worthy of you. What is a waste of your time? It helps you know what to do more of and what to stop doing. They help you actively and presently appreciate and care for what you value. This is a wonderful time for all of us to take inventory of how fortunate we are, of all we have to appreciate, of all we have to be grateful for. Loss and grief help you discover your authentic self and what you really want. This is one of the hardest paths to go down, but the, the destination at the end is one of the very best places to be, to go in your life. The persona that we all make to survive childhood and impress everybody and re- achieve their approval as we become adults usually gets shaken, if not shredded, by deep grief. Deep grief confronts us with our authentic self, us in our raw realness. There's an opportunity there. That opportunity is to accept our true selves, our shadow, our inner child, all the wonderful things, all the things we'd like to change, to have radical and total acceptance. And then we are fully authentic. To drop the persona, to embrace our authentic self. Our authentic self is the strongest connection to our soul, spirit, higher self, uh, God, the universe, however you, you view that. And that is incredibly powerful because when you move through the world whole, aligned, in possession of your authentic self and no longer pulling up personas to uh, you know, maladaptively uh, manage your life, you are united within 
no longer divided and fragmented, and you become extraordinarily powerful. Loss and grief help you identify who to be closer to and who to release. This is one of the greatest lessons in my life. My, and many women, many of us who grew up to be pleasers, grew up to try to make everybody happy, to keep the peace. We stopped using discernment. We may have had a religious teaching, thou shall not judge. And we lumped discernment and judgment together and do not evaluate the character and quality and treatment of the people around us. So we would accept whatever reciprocity or the lack thereof from the people in our lives. Loss and grief really help you identify who's there to be high quality, good character, reciprocal in relationship with you. And it lets you know who you can release and you don't need to burn them down. You don't need to chastise them, terrorize them. You just turn the other cheek and that means look away. That doesn't mean offer it up for more. It means look in the, the direction that you want to look away from the direction of people you need to release. Doesn't need to be charged. Loss and grief help you find what needs your focus and attention. In my darkest times, in my times where I'm watching life end for others, and I'm realizing this is, this is, I don't have all the time in the world. This is very real. My time is limited. What really matters to me? What do I really want to do before I leave this life? That's where my book came from. I am a coach and I work in self-help and nonfiction. I am not a storyteller. I tell some stories, but that's not my job. And writing this memoir is, is completely different from the work that I do. But I absolutely had and have to do it. I know I have to tell this story. And it's not about it being a mass success. If it reaches and lifts, shifts and helps one person, I'm fulfilled. I'm successful. It had to happen. I never thought about that until I was in the throes of uh, grief and realizing the brevity of our lives. Loss and grief help you know that you are more than all you face. Look back on your life. Look back on the hardest things that you've endured and then acknowledge you are here. And I'm going to raise that one more because if you're listening to this, you are showing up for yourself and still investing in yourself. You still believe in possibility. You still believe that you have work to do here. You still know that you matter. Anybody who doesn't have that sense is not going to be listening to me. Loss and grief help you learn to accept and adapt to change. Life's guarantee. All things change. Wonderful guarantee. Awful guarantee. Good things don't last forever. Bad things don't either. All things change, including feelings. And loss and grief help you reveal your strength and resilience. Do you ever think 
oh, I wish I could be strong like that. I wish I could be powerful like that. Oh, I'm just not this. I'm just not that. Take an inventory of the things you've been through. Ask yourself what qualities it would take to endure that, to just survive it and smile again. That's strength. That's resilience. You have it. And loss and grief help you learn to let go. We must learn to let go. Everything in the material world will be lost. We will lose everything, including our physical form. By my view, spirit isn't troubled by this because we all return home after our day, our life of playing pretend, cops and robbers in God's backyard. Everybody comes home. Nothing real is ever lost. No soul is lost. Learning to let go is not easy, and the idea that our souls are never lost, it's nice, but when you're in the throes of loss, grief, witnessing human suffering, mm, doesn't help a lot, right? We have to practice and learn to open our hearts, our palms, to stop grasping and to let go. So there's a lot of opportunity delivered by loss and grief. There's the opportunity for your desires, your visions, your dreams to become refined and clarified. There's the opportunity for you to stop wasting your life energy on people, objectives, jobs, relationships, things that are not for your highest good, that do not support the vision and the intentions you have. And as you heal from loss and grief, and that's a beautiful thing in and of itself, we heal. We become wiser. And we become more discerning. And we need that discernment. So if the things I've said here today are stressful and challenging for you, relax. Be patient. Don't force yourself. Be gentle. Trust this process. When things get big and heavy and overwhelming and it's all too much to bear, get narrow and small and light and be here in this moment. You can always handle this moment. And then you'll just handle the next one. All things change, and as you just let these ideas seep in and take root as they germinate and grow in you slowly, you will be able to cross this divide and to come out, to come through grief, and when you come out, to be stronger more capable, more focused. So let's talk about some of the things that you might do this week, this month, and for the rest of the year and the rest of next year. Let's talk about some of the ways that you could take the challenges around you and around the world and use them positively. Let's talk about how you can respond because 
It is not what happens to us. It is how we respond that matters most and that has the greatest impact on the world and our lives. So you could respond by deciding, setting an intention to more actively communicate your love and affection. To say, I realize how brief life is. I realize how hard life can be and that we should take nothing for granted. And I love you. I appreciate you. I value you. And I'm going to be here for you. And I'm going to show you that. I love that. I endeavor to do that often. Changing your schedule or your life to give you more time with those you love. I was raised by a workaholic. I know what it is to, I was married to one once too. I know what it is to have someone who thinks they're doing the very best for the people they love by keeping their head down and working and working and working to provide, but not actually being there to share time, love, and connection. Relationships are the highest value we have in life. They're the greatest asset we have. It's not money. It's second to time. And time is just the container for us to fill with connection with others. You might become politically active. You might feel so passionate about what's upsetting you that it may be a calling for you to come and bring light into the situation. Instead, you might donate money to causes you support or time. Not having money certainly doesn't mean that you cannot move the needle. You absolutely can. You might decide to take better care of your health so that you can consistently show up for yourself, people close to you, and your community. You might decide to devote time at least 15 minutes every day, to your most cherished dreams. You might decide to leave negative and unhealthy situations. I stand with you. You might decide to no longer wait until this or that is over so you have the space, the peace, the resources to do what really matters to you. If I waited to write my book until the milieu of things that happened happened, I wouldn't have started yet. We must learn to thrive in the midst. This is a time that we may choose to make difficult decisions that are necessary for us to be our best selves and to live the lives we really want. And waiting for the seas to part and perfection to happen so we can get started is a fallacy. We must do things in the midst. Not easy. Grief's not easy. Loss isn't easy. But the gifts they give, they matter. So take stock of the losses you've lived through. Acknowledge the immense power within you. And breathe. Be generous with yourself. Be compassionate. And then when you wake up in the morning, just ask yourself, what will I do today to help myself move through the challenges I'm enduring and become better 
I would love to know the answers. I'm always interested in what people do to invest in themselves. Again, I want to invite you to do the end of the year with me, to pan for golden this year, to sort through what worked and what didn't, to leave behind what no longer serves you, to invite and focus on what will lead to your greatest expression, and to move into the new year smoothly, with grace, and set intentions, not resolutions. Visit my site, CynthiaOcelli.com, and one thing that is now coming to the center, Reclaiming Wholeness, my course, my online course with coaching. I announced it, and I've been, I have a pretty good wait list for it. It's coming. I needed to finish my book and send it off to editing so that I could turn my focus to it. And I am doing that right now. If you like the content of these shows, in these courses, we will dive much deeper. And I will give you a path for you to follow to reclaim all of the parts of you that the world, that your family of origin, that life, that our society has had you lock away and separated you from their power. We want to reclaim everything and do some major interior house cleaning, some adjustments to how we see the world and the fallacies and the psychological biases that we fall into that hinder us. And then move forward into your life with all of yourself aligned on your side. You can learn a little bit more about that on my site, CynthiaOcelli.com. New course, Reclaiming Wholeness. My heart is with you. I would love to hear from you. Have a beautiful week. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.